Okay. I feel like this is a drinking day. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Okay, here we, here we go. go. Happy Monday. <laughs> I have a whole bottle. Yes, Lindsay's. Oh yes, well, Oh yeah, my water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go buy. Sunli, is that it? Yeah, Sunli. Sunli, where are you? How you doing? And what makes you get up in the morning? Well, let's see. I just got here to Houston about a week ago. So um, I think the promise of sunny weather, because I moved from upstate New York where it's pretty cloudy and not a ton of sun in the summertime. So I think that's nice, uh, even though the heat has been a little oppressive lately. Um, but yeah, I guess just getting settled, that's a good motivator. Good. Cool. Nicholas, are you done with your salad? <laughs> <laughs> for now for now yeah um what keeps me motivated yeah um, where are you how you doing all that uh i'm in i'm doing well i'm in just got to houston today i was at wolf trap offer this summer the only program that met in person <laughs> this oh, summer oh we with, got lots of questions for you <laughs> <laughs> um lots of lots of um precautions more than the cdc recommended and uh wow. first video actually just went up uh today or yesterday Boam. so yes and i was calling it but um what keeps me motivated is all the work i know i still have to finish <laughs> that that also wakes me up in the middle of the night it's <laughs> waking me up in the morning <laughs> and Lindsay, you're moving my goodness thanks for joining us oh gosh of course I'm good. I live about an hour from Sunley, uh, back in upstate New York. So we did that drive a day apart and I am here and we're moving to our new apartment today. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I'm glad to be back in Houston. I think I'm happy to hopefully be with these guys really soon and, uh, happy to be ready to make some music, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. Is it Eleanor or Elena? It's Elena. It's Spanish, but I grew up in Texas, so I've, I've gotten every version. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in Texas. Uh, I'm actually not in Houston yet. I'm in Austin right now uh, with my parents who live on a boat, so there's no Wi-Fi. I can't use my computer here, but it's a nice, you know, respite from the city and dealing with having to be around people for sure, so um and motivate and motivation for me uh is low but uh i do have it because i know that one day this will end and we're all we're all gonna have to get back to work um and you know as young artists we we have to work especially hard to uh to make it work for us so yeah so so that's a motivating factor for sure and and it's nice to go back to some semblance of work we have no idea what that's really going to look like when we get back in a week or two but um it'll nice it'll be nice to see everyone see everyone's faces even now so yeah love it thanks and hi raven how are you doing i'm doing pretty well <laughs> i uh i'm in houston now actually for like basically the first time ever um because I, I mean, I was here for like one day for my audition, but I didn't do the concert of Arias. So I was here for literally like 24 hours. <laughs> um, <Okay>. But <laughs> I'm here now and uh, yeah, doing well. Cool. Good. 
Okay, thank you. William, it looks like I love your background. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Hello, everyone. As you can see, I'm in, uh, I'm in Bahamas, uh, enjoying my vacation here. Uh, not really. I mean, somewhere really similar to Bahamas. I'm in Houston, Texas, actually. Uh, I've been here for the entire summer. Wow. As many people, have been, many people have been telling me that, you know, it's crazy heat uh, in Texas during the summertime. And it wasn't so bad, actually, because I stayed at home every day and uh, enjoying my AC. So, nice. yeah, what, what keeps me motivated these days? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, the beginning of the program, definitely. Uh, but it's definitely hard to keep motivated. Um, with, with like really no specific projects coming up. So, I mean, yeah. nah, I don't want to I go feel you. That's <laughs> exactly where, where yeah. I am. But I, but I keep a really good hope because uh, as many other people have been telling me this is getting over very soon. Uh, but there are other things to consider too, so whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, yeah. it, it's just this roller coaster, isn't it? Yes. How you doing? Where are you coming from? And, and what's keeping you, what's waking you up in the morning? What's keeping you going? Um, I'm currently in Kentucky. I just left uh, Virginia two days ago. Um, thing that gets me up in the morning, of course, the Lord. Hey, just God. Um, and uh, my daughter. So, yeah. Oh, she is, a, what's the day today? She's a year and a week on the 15th. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, and we have Corey here, but we, we don't. Yeah, hi, I'm, I'm driving, so I don't want to have my video on just so I'm not like distracted, but I'm listening to everyone. Good. Are you, are you driving to McDonald's? Can you pick me up from the <laughs> <laughs> No, I wish. I'm, um, I'm driving home. So I was also with Blake at Wolf Trap. Okay. Um, and I'm from Virginia, but my mom got us a beach house for the the day just to like relax after our uh, the month long thing. So um, I'm driving home from that. Okay. And I I left them because what gets me up in the morning is my uh, beautiful <coughs> rag doll, my ragdoll cat Lupo, and so I um. Have Whoa. to go and feed him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, my mom's got a ragdoll cat. Those cats are hilarious. Oh they're, my gosh, they're, they're a trip. They are. <laughs> they, they love to be held and loved, and but she's a big diva and she's got a big attitude. And um, uh -huh. I, I, I used to love her. Divas have attitudes. This, this cat, diva cat, that's what I call her. <laughs> that's not her name, but that's what I call her. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us and be yeah. safe. And let, yeah, let and I know that, that Nicholas, you were in Wolf Trap. All the rest of you, have you done any programs this summer or have you been singing or has it kind of been? Yeah, I did uh, a virtual version of the Music Academy of the West this summer. They did some alternative programming and um, some more creative innovation projects, actually, which was pretty cool. They had a series of guest speakers that just talked about creative programming moving forward and um, just new ways that we can approach this new virtual kind of sound and 
and landscape, I guess, for, for the arts in the future. So I felt like that was kind of like a, a little sampling of the things that might be required of us as artists as we move forward. So, was yeah. there anything in that conversation that stuck with you that was a light bulb moment or was, oh yeah, that's really yes. cool. I can see that. Um, I, th I think in particular, there were a lot of conversations about diversity in the arts, not just in terms of a long-term goal of arts administration, but also talking about diverse audiences and artists, which I thought was really refreshing because it was a, it was like, it was kind of short-term planning and long-term planning and things that we can do now and things that can be worked on over time and educated into the future. Okay. So I think that for me was the most, um, most enlightening. Um, yeah, um, I was in Wolf Trap with Nick and Corey. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of virtual stuff, um, streaming and stuff like that, like live, live stuff. We, what is it called? Little Lunch Music? Yeah, we were seeing um, during like lunchtime for like donors, but we would try uh, stream everything online on Facebook and stuff like that. Did you do anything live there in the shed for our audience? Um, no, ma'am. There was nothing that was live. Really? This, uh, mm -mm. Okay. Well, can I, th okay. I think DC's laws are DC's laws for like performances are stricter than like everywhere else. So they. I think there was there was one space that was outside that only I think fifteen people could be in, and it was like a huge outside space. So they're very strict. Wow. Yeah. Can you guys, one of you, tell us um, what how they worked it out so you guys could actually sing together in a room? Like, what was the protocol? Did you all have to quarantine it down before you got there, or mm -hmm. we we stayed in the hotel for two weeks? Uh, quarantined and then when we got on campus the only time you took your mask off was when you were singing uh, majority of the time when you were singing they tried to keep everybody six feet apart six or more if possible mm -hmm. um, and then you like never I guess like Nick you can correct me on this I know in our studio scenes they tried to never have us face each other if we were singing okay um, wow. always like facing out which you should be doing that anyway but like facing <laughs> facing <laughs> outward um yeah and then like our rehearsal spaces were all like outside other than like one but the one that was like inside could only be two or more people two or three people were you quarantined sorry i'm asking you 100 questions i'm just really curious about this were you quarantined in the same hotel or the same living situation same hotel, but different room. Of course, different rooms. We all had our own suites. Um, and then were they bringing you food to quarantine, to seriously quarantine, or were you still going out to the grocery stores and stuff to get food? Uh, we got free breakfast. Sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> they suggested that we do only, uh, like, Instacart and, like, um, like, use apps to get our groceries. What I personally did is I, like, the... Um, before I went to the hotel, I went to go get groceries, so then I could just stay in. Um, so. Yeah, my I I was a little different just because my daughter with was with me, um, so if I needed to go to the store to like get diapers or something, because I think by that time after the two weeks, like right at the the day before the two weeks, she ran out of diapers. Um, 
by that time I had been quarantined for two weeks and everything didn't touch anything, ran in, grabbed diapers, self-checkout, and ran back out. So, um, yeah, they, they made sure that they were very strict on things, even, like, in the recordings. If you guys go, I think Nick's show is on YouTube right now. Like, even the recordings, they were so strict about us on stage because before the summer had even started, you know, we took a picture out in this humongous field where everybody was faced apart with masks on, and there were so many people was like, does anybody think this is insane that, you know, that they're doing a summer program, even though we were outside in like a huge plantation like field. Okay. But um, Did you have orchestra or was it just piano? Just piano. Okay. Just the fellows. They, uh, um, but Alex was there. Yeah, we what we did is like, so I did a scene from Orfeo and for like the orchestral sounds they had a synthesizer with certain certain sounds they also used for like harpsichord or organ stuff like that so okay. two pianists it was kind of hard because they were um like at the end of the they were like in the audience while mm -hmm. we were on the stage so sometimes um we weren't always together but okay. you know we worked with what we had and it was um really different having cameras like <laughs> in the in the space it was it was interesting it was fun actually do we think this is the future this is what we're going to be dealing with for the next year or two or definitely are you all um, good are you comfortable with it or do you have fears concerns about it from what i heard because uh, i did a uh, a virtual master class with uh renee flaming and uh patrick summers uh mm -hmm. over the summer uh, that's through uh aspen music festival uh, opera center program whatever and uh what patrick told us um pretty vaguely but like it can be possible that hgo is working very hard with um a couple people from the health organization to set up testings for each um uh singers especially uh weekly to uh actually be able to work at the same place uh because it will be really hard to you know do a project to especially do an online project or something when we have to sing to each other and without the technology or without the uh the resource to actually quarantine in a in a place for for, for two weeks right. so uh, i'm seeing this testing thing can be really helpful and make people you know sort of um relax a little bit Listen, i mean uh, we all have we have all have different levels of comfort and, yeah. and we all have to realize that if one person is comfortable with not wearing a mask but another person isn't, we have to respect that. And I think we all know as singers that those people that aren't wearing their masks are the ones that are keeping us from getting back to work. <laughs> Men, sister, I'm with you on that. What, what things are you, are you all experienced right now? Different emotions, different feelings? Are you missing being on stage? What kind of topics do we need to, to discuss for amongst all of us and also for all of them out there watching. Well, I, I definitely miss um, being on stage. I mean, for sure, I miss uh, coaching and, and seeing friends. And like, I'm looking forward to hopefully starting here, like even virtual coaching and even virtual lessons, like, because I, I like, I didn't do any type of summer program. Um, I was gonna be at Cincinnati Opera, but they had to cancel, obviously. So I didn't do anything much over the summer, 
Um, and then, so I think just being, trying to be self-sufficient, like the um, motivation kind of goes in like waves. Like one day you're like, I'm going to learn a whole role. <laughs> and then the next day you're like, yeah. Or more like one day you're like, I'm going to learn a whole role. And then the next week you're like, eh, I'm just going to like not do anything. <laughs> like, so I'm just looking forward to like, I don't know. I think part of it is accountability. Like just knowing that I have to like be in a scene with other people has me working on like some of the rep that we have now like more okay. than i've worked on anything all summer <laughs> i pulled up it's not mcdonald's but it is wendy's um i'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna get anything but i just i was like i need to park because i felt awkward not having my video on so hi y'all um <laughs> yeah i felt like i mean i'm gonna be completely honest and like my last performance was uh i sang publio and tito at rice March 12th and then I did not sing a note until the first day I got to Wolf Trap I just I think I was going 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 for basically like the last like six years of like being an undergrad going to grad school not having a summer off and honestly like it, I hope it doesn't sound selfish to say but I feel like it really allowed me to like fully stop in my tracks and just allow me to have this time to like reflect on myself and like before this big pivotal moment of coming you know joining the HGO studio I was concerned about like burnout a little bit and I feel like it really helped me gain my bearings and and figure out why I mean it really made me miss singing and like feel how much I love doing it but I really think that that break was necessary for me and I will say like I completely agree with what what Raven said like once I started singing again, I didn't want to stop. So like once I got to Wolf Trap, it was like, you know, a daily thing. And like that motivation was missing, which was, I honestly feel like the lack of it for a while was like very helpful in a way. Yeah. Easier having people yeah. around you to feel motivated. Do you all feel that? Because yeah. I, I, I am like, I am like Corey and that I didn't sing. I didn't sing for a good three months, if not four. Yeah because my heart was just so heavy and anytime I tried to sing I just started crying mm. and the, and not having my my brain is very organized Carrie and I we have brains that think similar and that if I have nothing to plan for or nothing to look forward to why should I sing you know and so I really was finding that not going and coaching with somebody or not going and working with a voice teacher or having a pianist here really was hard for me to keep trying to do it again without something to look forward to. So I, I, I get it. It's, it's hard. But you, um, I think Sandra, I, I told this, um, said this to you the other day that there was something in my mind that switched though, um, from that mentality of, I don't, there's nothing coming. I mean, I, I kind of know the jobs, they haven't officially canceled, but come on people. Like they're coming, it's canceling, at least being in, in person, you know, I'm not sure what they're trying to figure out outside of that. But so then I thought, um, you know what, I've been really wanting to learn some roles that I haven't learned in a while. And the only reason why I'm going to open that up is not in the hope of something's going to happen, but just because I really enjoy it. And I love it. I love hearing myself figure it out. I love the challenge of it. And in a way, maybe this is just going to be my, my, now I'm switching and this is going to be my side job of just a keeping my chops up until we know when we're going to be back in the theater, but also learning something that fills my soul and makes my heart happy. And um, I, I really felt like that was a better 
positive way because I was like Sandra and like you, Corey. I mean, uh, we were all burnt out. Um, I was, I, I left and was shell shocked. I mean, let's seriously, people, this, is, this has been an emotional, traumatic experience for all of us, not knowing what the future holds. And we, a lot of us were ripped off the stage saying, you got to go home. And, um, you know, I'm watching food fly off the shelves. And so it was really traumatic and, and not having toilet paper. What was up with that? I was just going to say that. It was a hot damn mess. Hot damn mess, no toilet paper in this country. I mean, people get a grip. Anyway, so so I just feel like um, I, I've had a really mentally, sorry. And they're all still training. You all yeah, are, you still, are, yeah. You're the future. And how is opera supposed to have a future if you're not able to get on stage? You know? Exactly. So I feel like there's a mindset that we almost have to change and say, okay, where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? And how are we gonna make it work? And I love where you guys are because you guys are giving me hope and inspiration to keep moving forward and looking at music in a way that maybe, we, you know, Sandra and I have never seen before. So we're excited. to. That's why I wanted to talk to you. We wanted to know where you were and where your brains were and your emotions were and how you felt about going to the South in the middle of craziness. So, because that's a whole nother thing too. We don't talk about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Edit, cut. <laughs> For me, um, for me, I, it was, it was mo mixed emotions, uh, because like right when it hit, I was in New York when it got bad. Um, but when like stuff like stopped, first off I was in school. So I was at Rice when they were like, Hey, y'all's last show is canceled. I was happy. I sure was. I was happy because I wanted a break. I mean, like as Corey said, you go from undergrad, you go straight into a master's program, you do something during the summer. I hadn't stopped and just smelled the roses or like stopped. Like in the middle of this, I had my daughter, like I just hadn't stopped. So I was doing so much that when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, breathe, relax, spend time with your family. And it was nice and then like, then once the quarantine got bad, I was like, okay, I'm bored. But um, one thing that someone said um, in my church service yesterday, that the pandemic was good because it, it's, it's helped a lot of people look in the mirror. I feel like a lot of times as artists and people, we try to get so busy to where we don't deal with issues that we have, or we don't deal with things that, you know, we try to tuck in the back of us. And so in the pandemic, you got to sit in the house and look at you in the mirror every day for three months. So um, there will be good that comes out of this. And the exact same thing with America, opera needed change too. There are a lot of topics that weren't talked about in opera and now they're being forced to be heard and forced to be talking about because nobody has nothing to do. So you're sitting at home on your phone on Facebook. So you end up writing goofy comments on Facebook that now, the root of the issue gets addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Blake, you know what? Blake, you gotta come be on our show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You wanna be a single guest. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we, were, we were all there. I was at burnout. I last season had four new roles in a row. And this has helped me think that maybe we were going at a pace that wasn't sustainable. I think our whole business, you know. And I think it's made our business maybe think that 
quality is more important than quantity. And I'm, I'm hoping that when we all can get back on the stage, that we will all take the time to reflect upon how crazed, I mean, I was part of this. It, I got on a plane, I walked off the plane when I was going over to Europe, directly from the plane into rehearsals. And, you know, our, our operatic world said, oh yeah, Sandra, you wanna add another role debut? You could just cut those rehearsal periods and we could put it, fit it in right here, in a concert here. And, and then you just wake up one day and I just was like, I'm done people. I, I was, Carrie knows, I was beyond burnt out. And so maybe this has helped us all realize that we need to, to take mm, accountability for what we're doing and say, yes, I wanna, I wanna give the best performance I can do. And I can only do that if I'm rested, vocally, mentally, physically, and step away from it a little bit. And I don't know, are you all feeling that too? I mean, obviously we've heard from a couple of you. Are you all? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I've been, I've been feeling, I feel like burnout for me came in different waves almost. I mean, or different types of burnout. Um, if, if our boss watches this, I hope he doesn't like laugh at me because I, I've been, you know, I, we're all the same. We're all back to back constantly. And I've been like pushing him for a break for God knows how long. And then COVID hit. And then now it's like, I've had my break, but, um, and I appreciated it. And I sort of went through that spending time with family and then being glad that I had a break from just back to back, which is what I was going to be doing this summer into the next season as well. But then a, a sort of burnout that has happened and is still happening that I didn't expect was, uh, and I'm, and everyone's going, everyone's going through it, but it's sort of the, the, I don't even know how to describe it, but the process that we go through learning music to finishing performances is oftentimes very gratifying. You know, you complete, it's a process that you complete. And as things were getting canceled, um, and for my own case, things have been getting canceled, like staggered. Um, so I'm starting the process of like learning music and then it's canceled. Starting the process, learning music canceled. And that's something that's been difficult each time I learn music for my next thing is uh, I, I, as soon as I start to get excited about it, it gets canceled. So the next time I do it, it's, it's harder for me to have the motivation to do it. It's harder for me to learn as fast um, and get it into my body as fast as I normally am able to do it. So it's, you know, I mean, that's something that's, that's certainly been difficult, but I am hopeful. Um, I know that there, there's so many awful things going on right now, but I feel especially privileged. Uh, and this isn't to be like hashtag blessed, but you know, the position that we're in as young artists to be supported during this time by a major company that believes in all of us and is committed to providing opportunities and development and all sorts of things is just something that so many of our peers don't have. And so, yeah, it's, it's like, it's not ideal in any means. Of course, we'd all love to do our performances that we were supposed to do this year, but um, you know, it's, it's almost like we're in this like bubble in time where we're, where we're able to weather the storm a little bit better than, than people who, especially our age, who don't have the resources to just yeah. keep going, you know? Um, I'd like to circle back uh, around really quickly to what Blake had said 
And I think um, as horrible as this has been, as the amount of lives that have been lost, as the uh, in our country alone with not having um, the leadership that we've needed, and I feel very comfortable in putting that out there, um, the, the blessing or whatever word you want to say um, is that we did have time to finally look, to finally see every facet of every level. And it's really um, made a lot of people pay attention, a lot of people that weren't paying attention, not maybe necessarily in a negative way, just really didn't know or didn't care to know or had their blinders on or whatever it is. And, uh, and I think that's worldwide. I don't think that's just this country. But um, I, I am so hopeful and so positive that because of that, even within our own little circle and our own little business in the opera world, that those changes are going to come to fruition within the next year, within the next two years, five years, 10 years. I look forward to looking to our business in 10 years and hopefully seeing that rainbow that I talked about. So um, I didn't want to dismiss what you said, Blake. I think, I think that's the best part of, of what's come out of here is um, an awareness that truly was in people's faces in a way that never has been before. So, sorry, I got off my soapbox, but I just really wanted to say that to you. Like you said, you're on a soapbox there. Carrie joined us. <laughs> I mean, wait, Corey, I want to know if you got a double stack because I know I'm not supposed to eat that and it's bad for the cows, but it's a favorite from Wendy's. <laughs> I, I literally just, uh-oh. <laughs> sorry. You did. You're eating some French fries. I can see it. <laughs> I, no, I, I, um, I didn't order. I literally just parked just because I wanted to talk okay. for a bit, but I had to get back on the road. But no, I'm, I'm. Okay. Lindsay, Lindsay's telling us a little bit about how she's feeling. She's sharing. Oh, we just had we had our role hearing for Zalame that day, like on Friday morning, and then Friday afternoon we got the phone call that was like. Uh, spring season's canceled and I was like y'all <laughs> it's like we just learned all that stuff and then it happened again when we found out about you know the fall and winter rep I had just finished learning Carmen and I was like okay and you know it, it does like it really hurts your soul when you learn music and then it will never at least not right now come to fruition but very similar to what Elena said I think even with that we have to remember that we, you know, the 11 of us in the HGO program are in a position that the majority of our friends and our peers are not in. You know, we have stable income for the next nine months, hopefully, presumably. So. Well, you are the future. You all are, are the face, faces of the future of opera. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not, it's not Carrie and it's not me because we, we are, you know, we're not that virtual age, right? We, we, we sang on stage with people. I know, and you're, people are gonna go, what's that? What's that? Yeah. What's that? But it's, it's, I think we both feel that it's, it's your duty to create that new future mm -hmm. of opera and, and to carry it forward into the next generation as well, or else it's gonna become a dead art form. And that would break our hearts just to see that happen because of lack of funding, lack of interest, we can't sing around people. So we want all of you to really put your thinking caps on and, and try really hard to make opera prevalent in the future and to keep going. And we, we support all of you with our whole hearts and anything we can do to help you. Like if you have questions to ask us or is there anything you want to know from us? <laughs> I, um, 
Go for it, Corey. Okay. You're um, driving. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm driving, but I'm, it's fine. Um, uh, going back to the seeing more diversity in administration, that was something I also didn't really think about until this summer. And um, my friend at Wolf Trap, uh, Brittany Logan, a wonderful soprano, she mentioned the, that to me. And she was like, you know, I think it's people of color like we don't have anyone to go to or to tell like the prop like what happens to us like in the workforce yeah. we don't have any uppers to go to and feel like we have to defend us in a way and it's it's really interesting because i didn't think about it that way i was just like you know i don't know why people can't get we can't get um more exposure as you know as soon as other people and things like that but i really do i don't know i don't know if it's a question i'm just kind of putting it out there but it's an interesting thought that like, I feel like a lot of people do have representation and with representation, you can feel a sort of, uh, a sort of confidence in being able to voice your opinion that I think the, the lack of diversity in administration kind of keeps people of color muted in a way that's, that needs to be changed. I just don't quite know what to do about it myself. I just wanted to put that out there. Well, you know, yeah. yeah, I think, well, we're also in a really unique position. It kind of feels like the young artists or our generation of singers has been set up for the opportunity to be a new voice. I think like, especially over the last few months with what's been happening socially, I think we've found some synchronicity between that and the arts. And I think it's made me ask and then hopefully other larger institutions like what community do I serve? What community do we serve? And I think if we hopefully if we start thinking about that now as we're hopefully or maybe becoming the face of these companies, that's something that can be addressed head on in a way. It feels like especially with social media, how everything's going, you don't have to wait for permission to do a lot of those things to take charge to make the art that you want to make. And I think as um the sooner we're proactive about that and, and asking ourselves those questions, I think that's what's going to create the change is not waiting for someone else to kind of create a, a season of diversity, but how else can we contribute to that as individual artists? Sure. I think what this has at least taught me is that everyone's experience is valuable for a different reason um, and that it's important for all voices to be heard and to work towards a common good in that and and be a productive contributor to the conversation um, and I know that that sometimes does mean like allowing space and, and listening I think that's definitely the most important thing but I think anyone could benefit from that so um, every time I have a conversation like this I always have to call out capitalism it just has to be done and my favorite one of my favorite authors right now Bell Hooks she calls it the system of imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's fine to be an individual, but I feel like, uh, like capitalistic individualism, it creates this um, dynamic of people feeling like there's only a few that can be at the top. Um, there's not enough space for all of us. When if we take time to, in addition to, you know, educating ourselves and keep having these conversations, nurture a sense of community so that we can hold each other accountable rather than have certain people at the top and people in other various positions just bring them down 
And as we see with the, the George London situation, he doubled down on his feelings, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know if anyone pulled him in to the side and like, hey, you know, um, which, you know, people are um, justified in their feelings. But I feel like we also need to make sure we create a space where we um, work on restorative um, justice and like don't just pull people down who have problematic ideals and leave them by the wayside to their own devices to further cultivate, cultivate certain uh, prejudices or, or, or hateful um, thoughts. And I, I'm personally trying to have more of these conversations. And, uh, you know, a lot of these conversations are, are with this, this same dynamic, you know, um, you two are fantastic singers on the top of the game. And, you know, we're, we're starting out. And, you know, I'm happy that we're having this conversation because, you know, this opens the door to having another conversation rather than me not knowing you and seeing something that you did that I didn't like and right. being like, okay, you need to be taken away from your position completely, which sometimes people need to be. But again, the sense of community is really what we need so that we can, you know, hold each other accountable, act out of, out of love and, you know, you know, build, build each other, do it together rather than like, okay, well, this person's out of their position. Now it's my turn to take that. And it's, it's like, we need to make sure we are not wanting, we, we are striving for equity rather than striving for the privilege that other people have. Cause I notice a lot of people just want their chance at being at the top and doing it their way. And a lot of times it's still going to be problematic anyway. So. Yes. That's, that's really, yeah, I really love what you said. And part of me was like, damn, your heart's way bigger than mine. I mean, I'm all about, you know, because I'm sorry, but some of those people need to get yanked out of those positions. <laughs> so, but I love that. You know, I mean, uh, Karen Slack, I, I've, I've said this before on, on these interviews, but in that conversation that they had with LA, I love what Karen said. I don't want to take your seat. I want you to move over. I want you and I loved that. And I, and it just is really that comment. I've taught, I reached out to her. We don't know each other. I reached out to her. I just wanted to talk with her. Um, I love where her heart is and her mind is. And so, um, but that, that's really stuck with me. And I, that means to me, am I, if I'm understanding you correctly, that that's where the conversation is, is where the circle gets bigger. It's like, come on in. We all need to have these kind of communications. And I, I yeah, that, that's huge. It's like someone, someone on Instagram, I forgot what their name is, but they said, it's not about you're either racist or not. It's about how prejudiced am I? Which prejudices do I have and why? And how can I continue to work on that? Because, you know, we're all socialized to have some to punch down, essentially. And we need to work on that our entire lives. Like, I am a cis male and... I have been socialized to be sexist and I'm going to work on that for my entire life. <laughs> and I am okay with that, you know? Yeah, I so get it. Totally. I if we approach it that way, rather than being like, I'm not racist. I have this friend, you know, it's kind of like, take the fear out, be real, yeah. you know. Any other questions, guys, thoughts, feelings? Yeah. Want to ask, talk about? No. Well, sort of, I mean, I guess bouncing off of what like Nick was saying about how, um, how everything has to be, you know, widening the circle and, and, um, and 
you know, equity at the top and, and where we are in opera, I, I totally agree with. And of course that needs to happen, but I think also something that needs to be addressed is like how these companies, especially big companies in classical music are involved um, at the, the beginnings of, of musical education and life. And I, I, I not too recently, I, about a year ago, read uh, a study, and I think Opera America was even involved in this study, but it was talking about uh, how access to the arts in different um, ethnic groups in the United States. Yep. And it essentially said that, um, that white people for, you know, white people had better access at an earlier age to arts education and that people of color generally enter arts performing arts as a field of work later because they don't have that access to education. And education is where it starts. And it's like, if you want uh, a variety of donors and patrons and people coming to the arts, then you have to invest in your, not, not only just your community, but your entire community. Yeah. You know, America is a wonderful, a wonderfully diverse place. And we can't just focus on the top that's incredibly important and needs to happen but you know if we're going to be the future i would want people um all different kinds of people coming to the opera i think mm -hmm. the opera is a place that can be and should be for everybody and education is the way to start with that Absolutely. and so that's that's a part of the circle that needs to widen and and that that people need to evaluate how they're how they're being a part of their community we need these bouncing off kind of sessions, you know, it's, it's good to just discuss it all and let's see what sticks, you know, throw it at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be really curious actually, like as a last question, I guess, because um, I think we've talked a lot about our role in the future of, of this art form. And I, I was kind of thinking, you know, with the Met Live in HD, I think a lot of a lot of singers out there like you whose careers have been in many ways fully realized like have been also prepped for this just as much as we have like where do you see like your role being right now and like is this something where we're all uniting forces actually like for as much as we might be leading the charge and a lot of maybe the creative fuel will come from our generation it seems like there could be a really great marriage of our of different experiences that could create something that's just totally beyond what any what any one side could have imagined i i agree with you i think that we're here to help guide you because we've been we've been i was where all of you were carrie was where all of you were i was in a young artist program and we have trained our whole lives to get where we are and we can't discount that is is a lot of work it's a lot of hard work and which was just ripped away from us in one day so i think my role and carrie's role yes i'm you know i have a hd coming up at the met but it's it's different there is a way to meld both of those worlds i think and you all have taught me more than i think right now i can teach all of you yeah because honestly the future of opera I, is very unknown to me. And all of this, Carrie and I will tell you, a Zoom, I had no idea what Zoom was five months ago. So it, yeah, I'm 51. I mean, my, my generation, it, it's completely different. Com I have not sung once 
into this camera right here since I've been home because I'm not comfortable with it. I, in my mind, opera is on a stage with an orchestra in the pit or on a stage with a piano on the stage. It is live and I'm still struggling with that. And all of you, all of these discussions have helped me more, I think, than what I can give to you. I can give you technical things. I can talk to you about that. I can talk to you about how we got to where we are now with our careers. Mm -hmm. But I think that Met HD singing in front of a camera is a whole different ball of wax. And I've done that. I've done five or six of them. And you all have to make a choice because, you know, we make funny faces when we sing. Sorry, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily look so pretty on film, you know, and you have to say, you, we have to sing differently. And I don't know if people have talked to you, if Renee or Patrick Summers have talked to you about this, but singing for a mic is completely different than singing live in a theater. And we have to adjust and modulate our voices if we don't want to A, blow out the microphone and B, get a true sense of what the voice truly does sound like. And that is something that only comes from practicing. And my very first HD at the Met, not only did I look horrible, <laughs> the sound was kind of, but you learn, you learn by doing it. And you mean HD that was actually recorded live. I mean, they do multiple recordings, but you still had the audience to play off of with yeah. those emotions that fly around that theater. I think you guys are all looking at a platform where you don't have that. You don't have that feedback. You don't feel that feedback coming from you know, whoever around you. Also, you don't have orchestra players. Or right now, you're only dealing with piano. That's a whole different yeah. ballgame. And she's, and she's walking, I think it's this way, sorry. <laughs> and she's walking into a situation, if you don't mind me saying this, Sandra, where you're recording for the, one of the new Met broadcasts without that audience and the unknown of that, of walking through and how am I, how is she going to do her job, which she's done for what, 30 years now that was in a totally different way. So we are watching you or learning from you. And like she said, you know, we can help you with certain things of the career that have helped us along the way that will still help with you. I mean, I have to say like social media to me wasn't important in my career. I could have given a wild crap. I didn't care. You didn't need to know what I was doing. I was told the last five years of my career, where are you? I need you on your social media presence. Opera companies are watching this. Not until I started this shenanigans with her on social, on social media did I realize the importance and the power of it. And then, of course, what we saw happen online, the power of social media. And so like what you were saying, William, I think that there's a way for all of us to use this platform right now in moving forward and why we are still figuring out when we can get back on the stage in whatever way that is. Um, I think social media is our way, our way to, to sell it and to keep it alive. But I want to just maybe close on this because, I, listen, I am suddenly, I am petrified, petrified of doing this Met HD. Oof. I know, girl. It's okay. I got, we love you. It's so hard. It's not what we did. It's not what we do. And, uh, and to not have that, that audience is brutal. But it's all about the music. And let's remember that. Making music, touching souls. Right. And you all have that. 
You're gonna make me cry, girl. Damn, Lord, where's I need a piece of cake. Where's that? that hey, Corey, where's my double stack from Wendy's? <laughs> uh, it's coming. It's coming. All <laughs> the hi, girl. Yes. No, but I mean, these conversations and the emotions are so important and they're so real. And we really are here for you and support you and um, really want the best for you. And, um, you know, you'll have our information. The HGO will give it to you so you can reach out or find us on Instagram and send us a message. Um, yeah, you're more, and we mean that sincerely. You're not bothering us. We really want to be there for you. So, and we're so grateful that you guys wanted to get on here and do this with us. Um, and I'll edit it and make y'all sound wonderful like you all are, so don't worry. I know that she's going to keep that on there because she's like, oh, Sandra, you look like a blubbering idiot when you cry. (laughs) That's real, and it's, that is like, I don't know how you're going to do that. I mean, that is... I'm petrified, and I have to fly to Spain and do this, you know, and I've not been anywhere. I'm in Canada, so at least I can go there. I'm so fortunate. Um... But yeah, I mean, how is it gonna, how is it gonna, like, after you sing a duet, I'm doing it with Piotr Bacala, and we're gonna sing this beautiful ballo duet, and, and then afterwards it's gonna be like, chirp, 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 you know, I... You're just gonna hear cut. Yeah, that, <laughs> like we did. Thank you, Sandra, you weren't standing on your mark. Mm. <laughs> Next. No, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're all in this together. You know, and that's that it's the leveling effect that this pandemic has had in that we are all right here on the same level and including, you know, the top, top, top of our business to the people that are just starting. We are all in the same ballpark. I mean, I have months and months and months still without work. Piotr Bachala, Carrie, I mean, we're, we're, I've been talking to a lot of my singer friends, Carrie and I, and they're all sitting at home going, What's what now? Happening? What now? So listen, we're just, we're giving y'all big hugs and big yeah. love. I, I really, truly, it, it's um, exciting discussions and, uh, and yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you out there. I hope for sure. Be thank well. you guys. Wear a mask. Thank you so much. Yay. Safe travels, Corey. Be careful driving. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.